Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Friday, November 13th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Missouri started the week talking about playing Georgia on Saturday, but the game was called off at midweek because of positive COVID-19 tests, contact tracing, and players in quarantine at Missouri. Turned out they didn't have enough defensive alignment to play the game this weekend. It's one of four SEC games that won't be played on Saturday, and the number of postponed or canceled games throughout college football this weekend continued to rise on Friday. But that doesn't mean we can't talk Mizzou. Beat writer Suichi Tirada stops by to discuss all things Tigers, from the football scheduling options to basketball prospects. Hoop season begins in less than two weeks. So let's get going talking Missouri sports with Suichi Tirada. Well, Suichi, I am really looking forward to tomorrow's game, 11 a.m. kickoff, Missouri and Ju- – oh, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. It's not going to happen. Um, uh, one of four SEC games to get postponed for the weekend, and um, and then one, I don't know how many – a lot of them in college football uh, overall. I, the last count I saw was 11. It just they seem to be adding postponed games every day in in the sport. But for Missouri, it's um, you know I was really looking forward to seeing them play Georgia. I, I didn't know what to expect in this game. I didn't know what was the line. Did you see a, an opening line in this? Yeah, so it actually opened at about I think like nine points, but it actually it, it jumped up to like twelve, thirteen. It, it might have been fourteen by the time uh, things shut down. So it was creeping up, if if anything. Okay, maybe maybe the idea there was Georgia would be angry coming off the the, the Florida game, or I, I don't know. Um, but anyway, it, it would have been fun. It would have been a good test for Eli Drinkwitz's team. I know that the Tigers wanted an opportunity to kind of wipe the bad taste from their mouths of the previous game that they had played against the against the Gators. So, where do they go from here? What's um, First of all, let's let's talk about the idea of maybe playing the game later in the schedule. There, Missouri's got four games over the next four weeks, so it's not happening then. Is there a chance that this game could get tacked on to the end of the schedule and be played on December nineteenth? Yeah, that's that's kind of been the plan. And interestingly enough, when the Mizzou Vandy game got canceled, however many weeks ago in mid October that was. Jim Sterk actually mentioned December 19th as kind of this may, this potential day just because we, we didn't know how the rest of the SEC was going to look. So, yeah, I, and Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, mentioned it as well. And I think that's probably the next move. Um, if player, I don't know how much you've seen of it, but there's been maybe some chatter a little bit about postponing the college football playoffs altogether. I don't know how... Uh, at what point we are there, but there's a lot of options. I think December 19th, though, is one of those dates that, that logistically makes sense just because Mizzou already has the December 12th date against Vanderbilt from a previous postponement. So I, I, I think you're, you're, you're feeling okay about that just because Georgia probably is out of the SEC East race. They no longer control their destiny. They, they need Florida to lose two more times the rest of the which. Way, which I don't think is happening because the Gators look pretty good. So I think logistically you can make it happen. I don't know how far along they are, but but it does it does feel like it makes sense. Which uh, you know what in the COVID nineteen pandemic, it that's that's kind of been the thing. Like if it makes sense, uh, leagues and teams have done it. So uh, hopefully we're we'll, we're looking at that in a few weeks here. Yeah, there's there's no better example of seeing a, you know a sports schedule adjusted than this weekend as I'm uh, after. 
finish taping our podcast, I will continue watching the Masters. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the second round of the Masters, here we are in, in mid-November. But yeah, you're right. It was Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner, who said on, uh, on, on Sirius Radio that uh, that there has been, he's on the college football playoff committee, and there has been some discussion about postponing. Although Bill Hancock, uh, friend of the show, uh, longtime friend of the show, actually, Bill Hancock, the, the college football playoff executive director, said that there has been uh, strong sentiment among the commissioners to play the, the games as scheduled. But as, as you said, Stuichi, this has been a year of adjustment for everybody, for every sport. And we'll have to see if if it's possible. The reason, it, listen, if the SEC keeps its championship game on December nineteenth, the reason that Missouri and Georgia could possibly play that day is the, the the Bulldogs don't appear to be in good shape to represent the East in the SEC championship game after losing to Florida, standing a full game behind the Gators in the in the SEC standing, and now having lost the tiebreaker to to Florida. So, hey, in, in this uh, particular instance, uh, the, the first postponement, the one against uh, Vanderbilt for Mizzou, that was a Vanderbilt issue. This time, it's a Missouri issue. Take us through what uh, what, what we've learned this week about the, the Tigers and COVID-19. Yeah, so like you said, Blair, the Vandy game had to be postponed because the door, the Commodores, fell below the 53-player uh, minimum that the SEC mandated. So essentially, before the season, the SEC, for for any reasons, whether it be postponement or even a no contest, which I think we're inching toward, uh, you needed either a 53-man play, player minimum, scholarship player minimum, or three um, positional requirements, and that's at least one quarterback, four defensive linemen, and nine offensive linemen. And for Mizzou's case this weekend, they, the Tigers actually fell below, one below at the uh, – we can say this because Jim Stirk said it on the Paul Feinbaum show, but Mizzou fell below the uh, defensive line position for the positional mark. So they had, I believe they had uh, three defensive linemen, scholarship defensive linemen available. So that's why they couldn't play. So the the, the kind of the interesting thing here, Blair, is that this isn't an outbreak where it, it should be a long-term thing. I think a lot of fans and pundits and everybody was kind of like, what happens in the Mizzou-South Carolina game on November 21st? But we, we, we don't, or I guess Mizzou and, and Drinkwitz and people within that program aren't too worried about that game just because they've, they, they've actually had two positive COVID-19 cases. And so from this Sunday's round of testing, uh, there was one. And then from this Tuesday's round of testing, there was one more. So it, it's only two positive cases. This isn't like Florida where uh, Dan Mullen, you know, in mid-October test positive and more than two dozen players test positive. That was an actual outbreak. So they actually had to shut down facilities and all that kind of stuff. Whereas with Mizzou, they, they only have two positives and they felt and they anticipate having, you know, having that defensive line position back uh, and, and healthy and, and ready to go for the November 21st game. So they're, you know, not not all postponements are made the same. Obviously, you don't want to have them. But in Mizzou's case, I think I think you feel maybe a little bit more optimistic compared to some other programs. Right. So this will end up being the second, um, I think this is right, the second open week for Missouri during the season. The Vanderbilt game would have been the first open week. And, um uh, and so, listen. In addition to having players 
get healthy from from the virus, they also get to heal some injuries here too, don't they? I mean, there's a there are some I don't know. I, I don't want to. Everybody wanted to see football this weekend, but without it, there were still an advantage. an advantage or two. You you get to um, you get to, your players an extra week of rest. You get some guys healed up. You get an extra week of scouting on on your next opponent, which is South Carolina. Um, I, a team can make the most of this, I would think. Yeah, you, you know, it, it was kind of, especially on those offensive and defensive lines, Mizzou was actually kind of struggling with numbers to begin with. Drinkwood said last week that there were there were up to nine offensive linemen, and the SEC minimum is seven. So they were right up against it without any COVID-19 effects. So, And that was because of injuries, opt-outs, transfers, all that kind of stuff. So but Mizzou, Mizzou was really kind of beat up there on the offensive line. Right tackle Larry Borough, who's been great this year, he, he's a little bit banged up, and he, he likely will be out for a few more weeks. Uh, left guard Xavier Delgado was going to be out for Saturday's game. And, and interestingly enough, Blair, from the suspensions, uh, his backup, uh, Dylan Spencer, was going to be suspended for the first half for the Florida fight. So Mizzou was going to be on his third left guard of the season. Uh, and, and so you, you probably didn't feel great about that. So anything that Mizzou maybe can, uh, you know, just, just heal up and everything and just, and just feel maybe a little bit better about that position, you, you feel you know, you, you feel much better about it. And uh, the defensive line as well, Kobe Whiteside and Darius Robinson haven't played since the Tennessee game. So giving them another week to just heal up always helps. Yeah, and like I said, I mentioned there's a scouting opportunity here because South Carolina Ole Miss is one of three games that is supposed to happen on Saturday, uh, along with uh, Arkansas, Florida, and Vanderbilt, Kentucky. So, um, and South Carolina really needs to get things turned around. They've had a couple of ugly losses their, the previous two weeks um, after having a nice victory over 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 Auburn earlier this year. So. Um, so let's, you know, with, with five games in the book, everybody in the SEC has played either five or six games. So we're either teams are halfway or beyond halfway home on their on their schedule. It's uh, it's an opportunity to draw some conclusions, I think, about the first half of the of the Eli Drinkwitz era at Mizzou. And um, as as odd as the season is, as disjointed as things are. Um, I, I would think that, generally speaking, Missouri fans sh- should be, you know, needle needle pointing positively on Eli Drinkwitz's first half of his first season. Do you agree? Absolutely, Blair. It's uh, maybe a little bit, uh, maybe frustrating is not the right word, but kind of weird because we were at the midway point of the season last week too. So I wrote my big, I wrote my big five games midway point. Assessing everything story last week, so I can't do that this week because obviously you know nothing has happened since then. So, but yeah, I think you feel great if you're a Mizzou fan. Uh, yeah, you know the first six games of the season, including Georgia, we now know they were underdogs in. So coming out of it two and three uh, for the first five games, I think I think is a very good testament of uh, where maybe um, you know you know just, there's a little bit more talent, there's a little bit better coaching than than people thought they had. I believe the you know I look at. I went back and looked. The over/under for the season for win totals was two point five. You get and you still have better butt on your schedule. You're probably going to go over. So I think, you know, five and five is looking like a real possibility. Finish strong. Six and four is even. You know, is very much so on the table depending on where these teams are at. But the schedule really eases up. You know, the next four games, especially with Georgia postponed, because you got, like you said, Blair, South Carolina team that's reeling. 
You have an Arkansas game, which I think is going to be a lot of fun with Barry Odom's return to Pharrell Field and Columbia. So that should be pretty exciting. And then you have Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, who, as it looks right now, are kind of on their own tier of miserableness in the SEC. So like I, you know, like like I alluded to, five hundred, I think five and five is is very much so on the table, and you feel pretty good about it at this point. The only the only team of the four that you mentioned: South Carolina, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Vandy. That is not under 500 right now is Arkansas, which is having a, a really nice year under Sam Pittman, the new coach. They are three and three. Uh, the Gamecocks are two and four. Uh, Mississippi State two and four, and Vandy zero oh and five. In what I think will end up being the last year for Derek Mason, we'll have to see about that. But um, yeah, I, I agree. I think that if if um, uh, if, if things fall the way that I, I think they should be expected to fall, based on you know betting lines and who who we expect to win, based on perception, this is a team. I, I think if they if they don't win three of these four, I'd be kind of be disappointed. I think um, and four four is certainly not out of the realm, especially with um, the Arkansas game is going to be in Columbia now. That was a game that was going to be at Arrowhead Stadium originally. It's going to be at Columbia. I, I don't know what home field means this year, but um, but it is it is at home. Uh, so Arkansas Vandy will be in Columbia, Missouri, um, South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina, and Mississippi State on the road as well. So. Um, okay, Tuichi, let's, let's take a break here, and when we come back, let's switch topics to Missouri basketball. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're back with Sawichi Tirada, who covers Missouri for the Kansas City Star. And there was a pretty dramatic moment in Missouri basketball on, <laughs> on Thursday night. Um, and and uh, an, an event that should take no more than 1.5 seconds to complete. We actually uh, needed a half an hour to, um, uh, to, to un- un- unveil itself. So tell us what happened with Missouri on Thursday night, Conzo Martin's team. Yeah, uh, it, it was kind of a fun thing, right? The first thing, I, I don't think if you told people, hey, wait 30 minutes for a coin flick, they, they would have been excited. But it was, um, it, you know, the premise of it was pretty cool, though. And then Mizzou and Illinois, they wanted to do bragging rights, unlike uh, Mizzou KU for Border War. Um, and the, the, the situations are obviously a little different there with contracts and everything like that. But Mizzou and Illinois, they wanted to get bragging rights done and ready. So they, they said, hey, let's do a coin flip to see who, who will host. And you know, kind of for the sake of neutrality, they said there, there won't be any fans. It would just be family allowed in the game. So I thought that was pretty cool. Mizzou, uh, you know, won the coin toss, I guess. It was kind of funny because I was watching it live. And I could kind of tell Mizzou had won because you could see like a flash of orange when Andy Katz uh, 
He did the coin flip and then he did the little flip thing with your hand. So when he was doing the, you know, putting it on the back of his palm, he could kind of see the orange already. So I was like, okay, Mizu got it. Um, so I was like a stepper, maybe I was a, a, a step or two quicker on my tweet um, <laughs> in 2020 here. <laughs> but, you broke you you the story is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, my, uh, my eyesight isn't great. But but I could at least see the orange that I knew was going to be on the back. So yes, but that's a nice uh, non-conference game pickup for Mizzou. Really, you you get number eight Illinois at home, so that's that's really a, a chance for a quadrant one win. If we're talking, we're already projecting NCAA tournament hopes. So uh, it, it was kind of like you said, Blair. I was on, I was on the edge of my seat for a whole thirty minutes there on Thursday, listening to Drinkwater's radio show at the same time as well. So I, I had a had a hectic thirty minutes. Yeah, I, I guess I, I didn't see the, the, the program. They must have sold some advertising and, and needed to drag it out for as long as they did. It reminded me, after reading about it and conversing with you on Twitter or on uh, text messaging about it, it reminded me of the year that the NCAA tournament selection show droned on and on and on <laughs> before they got to the bracket. And that was the last, that was the one and only time that that happened because uh, fans were furious um, that it took them so long to get to the, to the bracket, but a nice little win for the Tigers to, uh, yeah, you said to to play that uh, the Bragger Knights game in in Columbia. Does it does this mean it's, it's it goes to Champaign the next year, or does it go back to St. Louis? Yeah, so it'll be back in St. Louis next year. It, it it's just like a long time thing, which is I, I think it's cool, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and look, how else were you going to do it? I mean, they, they agreed to play. Both teams want this game to happen. Coin flip seemed like the the best way to do it. And I'll I'll share a story with you. I was involved in a coin flip for something uh, that involved college basketball. This was back in the early '90s, and uh, the big the, the Big Eight tournament was was at Kemper Arena in Kansas City. And there was a I can't remember the teams involved. Both I can remember one of the teams involved was Oklahoma, but there was a tie in the standings in the tiebreaker. All the tiebreaker rules did not break the tie until it came to the final one, which was a coin flip, and so. <laughs> So an athletic representative from Oklahoma, and I cannot remember the other team, came down to the Kansas City Stars office with a big eight assistant commissioner, and and I had to I had to be the official witness for the coin flip in the, oh, in the awesome. that was held in the office there uh, to just to, for seeding in the in the conference tournament. So uh, they can they can be very dramatic these uh, these coin flips. So. Um, hey, so also uh, so, uh, some other news in, in, in the Hoops this week that uh, the, the preseason uh, all-conference team came out and the predicted order of finish uh, in, in the SEC. I don't know if um, Missouri fans are were, were thrilled about where the coach – it's coaches poll, right, not media? Uh, no, it was media poll, so I voted okay. Thank you very much. Um, so media poll, I'm not sure where the Tigers fans would be thrilled about that. But listen, I, I think if you're a coach – and you picked lower than you think you know, the, the, the talent warrants, you've, you've got a, a motivator for your team. So Missouri was picked to 10th, is that right? 10th, yep, yep. Okay, and they finished, they would, they would have been the, the 10th seed in the SEC tournament last season. I know they worked 11 through 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were right at 10th. They, they had to have like three things go their way, and I had to map it out. Um, but yeah, they were 10th last year as well. So, okay. <laughs> kind of so a rough thing. 
easy, easy way out for the for you lazy media types. Just oh, we'll just put them where they finished last year. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Um, but um, uh, Drew Smith picked up a nice little honor. Tell us about that. Yeah, Drew Smith was named second team All SEC. He was actually on my ballot when I when I submitted it. I, I thought Mizzou probably without where. With all their seniors and talent, I thought they deserved at least one spot. And, and I actually had them sixth in my SEC media poll, which might have been a little bit higher than some of my uh, some of my colleagues. Uh, but, yeah, and I think I, I really think Drew was Mizzou's best player last year. Very, you know, every time I watched him, uh, you know, I always thought that he did a little bit of everything. I think he would be able to do even more of a little bit of everything this year just because of supporting cast. So I think he's going to have an even better year. Perhaps the scoring might go down, but I think just everything else he brings to the table is, uh, is going to look good. But yeah, Blair, like you said, you know, 10th, I don't think is where Mizzou fans want to be. At the same time, though, the, the media poll was, was very wrong last year, picking them, picking Mizzou 13th out of 14. So, you know, if they finish, if, if they have a similar type of, I guess, improvement or, or compared to external expectations, uh, they'll, they'd finish 7th. So I think that's right around where Mizzou. I think will end up perhaps maybe a little bit better as I thought, but I think I, I just think with, with the amount of seniors you have and the experience and and, and I think Kanzo has mentioned this too, but just just the type of experience when it comes to you know being able to fill in for injuries and, and kind of adjusting on the fly, I think is going to be very important in a COVID year where you know you might lose a player for two or three weeks just because of the virus and. And there's going to be a lot of adjustments. So who knows if we'll get the whole season in, but, but that's, how, that's currently how I feel about Mizzou at least. Yeah, and so their first game, November 25th, at home against Oral Roberts. Um, only a handful of non-conference games. The Bragging Rights game is December 12th against, uh, against the Illini. Illini. Um, and uh, is, is the schedule complete? I, I think we have to expect some adjustments and some flexibility with mm-hmm. with scheduling but so it is but is other possibility of adding any more games for for mizzou yeah so council on wednesday when we spoke to him for early signing day he he essentially uh mizzou is set to play in connecticut and mohegan sun against oregon and boston college it's it's pretty much just you gotta you know finalize it and sign some contracts and all that kind of stuff so that that's pretty much done i think both you know you get a power or, uh, sorry, not Power 5, this isn't football. you got a high major team in Boston College, obviously, and Oregon is ranked. So I think you, you look at those two teams and add Illinois, you're looking at a pretty good non-conference skate. Obviously, obviously less teams than normal, and you don't get KU, which is, which is I think, you know, over here at the KC Star, that's a bummer. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. so but otherwise, they're probably not going to um, add too, much, too many games, though, unless something happens or somebody drops at this point. Okay. Hey, also, uh, this was signing date this week for, for college basketball. And mm-hmm. five-man class for the Tigers. I, I didn't see any um, you know, knockout signings, right? No top 50 guys, but it looked like a, like a solid class. I don't know what the ratings were, but what's your, what's your, what's your kind of synopsis of uh, Missouri's 2021 uh, basketball signing class? Yeah, they finished 39th in both rivals and 2.247 for its uh, recruiting rankings nationwide. I think it's interesting because I was reading a few maybe SEC basketball recruiting articles, and, and they really had Mizzou in the bottom half, and I think that's that's kind of where Mizzou fans and, and you know, Collins have probably expected them. But at the same time, though, it's 
It's interesting, Blair. I wrote this article about a month and a half ago about how Council doesn't look at recruiting rankings, and he really bases it off what it's just based off of what he does. And I, I just one, you know, it's too early maybe to, um, you know, judge these kids. And, and it really sounds like I talked to a few of them, um, and it really sounds like they were kind of under recruited. And they have, you know, like Caleb Brown, Kobe Brown's younger brother, like he had other Power Five offers like West Virginia and Minnesota. And you look at a guy like Sean Dewey Gordon coming out of uh, New York. You know, like those guys were recruited by other, you know, um, high, high major programs, but it's just kind of like, ah, oh, this is kind of interesting. So yeah, I, I don't think it'll necessarily reflect on the rankings, which which might frustrate Mizzou fans, but I think this is a good class. Um, you know, I, I really think this is kind of – your core going forward because who knows what happens with, with your seniors and if they come back with the NCAA freezing eligibility. But, you know, beyond next season and, and the next four years, really, this, you know, these five guys are probably going to stick around pending transfers and attrition. But that, that's kind of looking like like kind of maybe the foundation of your program going forward. So uh, it's a big one. We'll, we'll see. I think Mizzou really needs to hit on at least a few, uh, you know, game changers or at least solid role players so uh who knows uh maybe we'll be back here in two three years and kind of judge them then there you go that's that's what i always say um and never a bad thing when you sign missouri kids he's uh st louis and springfield represented in this class as well no kansas city but but missouri kids and that's that's listen that's one of the um supposedly one of the strengths of conzo martin who's from east st louis illinois um you know to be able to recruit the state of missouri yeah. Try to. Uh, Kita, is that how Yaya is it? Kieta or how does he pronounce it? Uh, I believe it's Kaita. Uh, don't quote Kaita. me on that, <laughs> just okay. because I haven't spoken quite to him yet. Um, though I do, I do sympathize with with folks who have maybe uh, different names. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 you do. Yes, you do. Okay, he's from St. Louis and Travon Brazil from Kickapoo in in Springfield. So, all right, so we're um Thanks so much for the catch up with um, on Missouri on Missouri sports, and um, hopefully you'll get to see a college football game sometime in the in the near future. Uh, and here's hoping that Missouri gets to play the rest of their games. It's it's been we're in a tough patch for the pandemic right now, and like I said, this is there've been more college football games called off this weekend than any weekend of the of the season, including four in the SEC. So, so we will uh, talk to you again next week. All right, thanks, Blair. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to our outstanding production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. A tip of the cap to Suichi Tirada for stopping by and talking Mizzou. His stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you, especially for those who want to deep dive into the star's terrific Chiefs coverage. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you tell us to cancel. How do you get it? You go to KansasCity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? I know I do. Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage that comes with the e-edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account kansascity.com slash subscribe and I know that's a lot of dots and dashes sounds like Morse code but 
If you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email at bkirkoff at kcstar.com and I'll get you to the right place. Whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Monday with another episode.